This episode of The Local Bar is brought to you by Southeastern Backcountry Adventures. Look, the world is getting ready to open up. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But you're looking for something to do and looking for some kind of adventure. Let me point you to a place you need to go. Southeastern Backcountry Adventures. You can find it on Facebook under that name or check them out. Send them an email, hikingsba at gmail.com. It's an all-inclusive backcountry guide service that offers clients the opportunity to explore some of the southeast most scenic wilderness areas. If you are a longtime listener of the show, you'll know that our good friend and I, uh, the second, third guest we ever had on here, Mr. Christopher Denning Smith, also affectionately known as Smitty, started this company years ago, taking people all over the world. Uh, most of it's down here in the southeast. He's done things in South America, in Iceland, in Greenland as well. And I believe there was a trip or two to Ireland. It's a great opportunity for you. If you have no gear, if you have no experience, it is no problem. Call up the folks there at uh, Southeastern Backcountry Adventures. They've got all the gear and equipment ready to take you on, whether it's a quick weekend getaway or a week-long adventure. Gives you the opportunity to maybe be with some folks that you know and still go out there and get away from everyone and all the craziness of the world. Check out Southeastern Backcountry Adventures today. You're listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right at the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you have decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iHeart, iTunes, and Spotify, all the places you get your good podcasts, even your bad ones. You, we are part of the Libsyn Network. If you are a fellow podcaster on the Libsyn Network, you can find us, friend us, follow us over there. And if you uh, just want to reach out to us, feel like being on the show, having a comment, question, concern, condolence, you can always reach us the easiest way, chad at localbarmedia.com. A couple of housekeeping items off uh, the top. Um, I've been getting some emails. Uh, the, the, the episode we did a month or so ago with Janice Dean, yes, her book has come out. You can find it, Make Your Own Sunshine, all around Amazon and all the bookstores that you go to, if you're still allowed to go to them. I don't know. I don't know what we can go to and what we can't. And South Carolina has been kind of open. We act like we've been closed. We haven't. We, we, we've been annoyingly closed. Because, like, other crap is open, so it's like, well, I can go there, but I can't go here. So I don't know. And bookstores have not been high on my list. I have a Kindle. That's just the way I do it. I'm not one of those that has to smell the books. Um, Don Merkel, uh, the date of recording here is March 9th, March 10th. Don has a new uh, video coming out. Uh, I think it's going to be completely different than anyone he's ever done before. The song is a little different. It's a really cool song. Uh, very timely song. Um, so check that out. If you listen to our podcast uh, each and every week, you'll know that Don Merkel does all the music, although I don't think there'll be any on <laughs> this episode now that I'm talking about them. But check them out, donmerkel.com. Almost said Don Merkel and the blacksmith.com. But check out Don Merkel. And if you get a chance, check out his YouTube page. That is where I'm sure the, the new video will fall. So how you doing? Uh, some crazy stuff going on. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, we've got uh, a great lineup of guests coming up over the next couple of weeks. I, I I put off doing a show for a week because something was on my mind, and I, I decided to give let it marinate for a minute. And uh, when I did, I decided, no, no, I have to do this. If you, if you listen to our catalog, every now and then there's just shows that have just me. They, they seem to kind of come in bunches, and it's usually having to do with something that's going on in the world or just in my world. But um, if, I, if I just get kind of a hankering about something and I just can't let it go, um, every now and then I have to sit and just kind of do my own thing 
and uh, and that's what I'm doing next uh, <laughs> next week on this episode. Golly. Um, but we do have some uh, some really good guests coming up over the next couple of weeks. Excited about having them on. Maybe uh, maybe might need a plan of action with some of you folks. I uh, got one or two of them that are in the middle of a competition right now. They could uh, use a use a vote or two. We might make. Might put something out there to the listening audience, kind of try to challenge you guys. I, I don't do that. I've I've never been one. I self promote. There's no doubt about it. But I've never been one to really come to those call to action things. Um, when I have, when I have, and we've raised money for uh, the um, the music program we did last year. Is that last year? Or is that two years? That's two years ago. God, man, it is amazing how we've just lost a year, just completely gone. Um, but whenever I've done this call to action things, people do respond. I just don't, I, 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 I want to save them. I want to have them in my pocket in case I really need them. And I feel like we got, uh, one of those coming up. So look, look forward to the next few weeks, some really good guests, very, very positive stuff, fun stuff. And hopefully as the world's coming back, uh, starting to get there, getting close. It feels like it's getting close. Um, I think maybe some, some things that might interest you. I'm going to say something about our sponsor at the top of the show, uh, Southeastern Backcountry Adventures. I, I I will probably, I might actually go back and reference this later on in the show because of a story that I want to share. But uh, Smitty has done a, a heck of a job with that group. The people go on adventures with him uh, all around the Southeastern United States. But like I said, he's taken some people to different parts of the world. Uh, very knowledgeable, uh, certified, and all the stuff that he needs to be, uh, be certified in. But I, I, I'll never forget this one lady who went with us, we, we, I was out with Smitty and this lady came along and she had like three kids. She'd never done anything like this before. She saw it on Facebook. was like, I'm just doing it. And she told her kids and her husband, y'all, I need a weekend. Y'all drive me crazy. And I want to go do this thing. And, and she had like the best time. Super nice. I, I don't know whatever happened to her. I never kept up with her or anything, uh, but it was such a spur of the moment, just whim kind of deal. And she she really had a blast. Uh, as we're as we're trying to get back into normalcy, I think a lot of us have uh, missed a lot of things that we want to do. But I think there's a ton of us that are like, I don't ever want to pass up that opportunity again. Go go check those guys out. I really can't can't say enough about them. Uh, my daughter has has done an overnight with Smitty before. Uh, the oldest one that was on that was on the last show. So check that out when you when you can. South uh, Eastern Backcountry Adventures. Um, I think it's a good time. I think it's a good time to bring bring uh, bring something up. Um, we've we've been together for a while now, and um, I, I feel like some things have gotten out of control. And and I want to remind you, I want to remind everyone uh, about a, a rule that I have, and and it's 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 not up to you. Whether you, I mean, it's not up to me. If you want to follow this or not, it's completely up to you. Um, but I'm going to tell you, there is nothing that will uh, make your life better more quickly than than Chad's 48-hour rule. As news comes out, as we keep uh, living in this world of um, political ideology where everyone pulls, or it seems like to the extreme, Pulls for a political pundit or group or media outlet as if they are a football team. I want to tell you that as news continues to come out, I think following Chad's 48-hour rule is becoming much more imperative. And with uh, all the madness you see on social media, something that you, you really need to look into. So if you don't know what this is, I have a rule. That anytime anything happens, any major event, any tragic event, any surprise event, um, whether it is political, whether it is just something that's social, no, ma- no matter what it is, that it is best if you wait 48 hours before you hop on your social media and start crowing about it. And uh, it's twofold why you should do this. Number one, most of the time when you are the first to react to something, you are doing it based off of emotion and not pragmatism, or at least not much of it. And that usually causes us to either say 
or maybe spin that yarn a little bit more than we normally would based off our emotional feelings at the time. Number two, maybe you don't have all the information yet because maybe it hasn't come out yet. So maybe it's something that we can just let it sit for 48 hours. I mean, you're not breaking the news. You're not going to be like CNN or Drudge Report. Is, is Drudge even around anymore? The rumor is he sold it. He sell that website? Rumor is he sold it. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. I remember in, in like college, you go to the Drudge Report, and we, we'd, <laughs> we'd have an, like a, an issue in the Middle East, and you're watching missiles being shot on, on live on Drudge, and they haven't even announced it on the television yet that anything's happened. Like, President had even come out of the briefing room, and, and Drudge has got it. I, I, don't, I don't know how that guy did it. But, um, but anyway, so if you're not Matt Drudge or whoever – is shadow running his his website now. Uh, you, you don't have to be the first one to, to jump out there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, to riff a little bit on Chad's 48-hour rule and something that has come up to me since I've been back uh, and, and brought the show back this year. I um, it, wasn't, it wasn't long ago I saw the guys from uh, Riot House Podcast, the guys that if you've listen to the show, uh, kind of talked to me back in, uh, or at least gave me some pretty good food for thought about bringing this show back. And um, I was uh, I was thinking about them the other day because I know uh, one of the things about them is they absolutely hate Jimmy Buffett. Like, they, they can't stand him. Um, whether it's his music, his lyrics, his face, I don't know. They, they, they can't stand Jimmy Buffett. So I kind of want to dedicate this show to them. Uh, because I love Jimmy Buffett, I don't. I don't mind admitting this. Um, let me let me let me tell you what. Let me, let me explain before you before you start sending in the emails. Remember, forty eight hour rule. There's something about Jimmy Buffett that I think is phenomenal. Um, there are very few people that I know of in the modern age that can fit this certain description that I I, I can give to. Uh, to, to Jimmy Buffett, and it is that you you absolutely cannot mess with them. I, I actually have a one word term, but I I try not to say words like that on my on my show. But it is you cannot. They are unmess with the bull. That's the closest I want to get to it. Um, Jimmy Buffett is not a guy that started by making hit records from the beginning. <laughs> he had a a long career. Uh, of not really making it happen, um, and then you know he's got his he's got his Margaritaville. Can't go on a cruise without hearing it. Uh, he sits around and writes things like "Cheeseburger in Paradise," which is one of the cringiest songs in the world to me. The very ending of that song is the cringiest ending to a song that I know. I have yet to find anything that beats that. Um, you know he, he writes these kitschy little things and and. People love him, and uh, people go to his concerts, and they get all dressed up in all the parent head things. I finally went to a Jimmy Buffett concert with some friends of ours, the Millers, uh, Maria and I did um, two or three years ago now, and had a had a great time. Uh, partly because it's with our friends Chris and Maggie Miller, and they're they're a blast. And it was a time, one of the rare moments that all of us could get away f- from our kids. I mean, we they were with adults, but um. But we went, and I, like I'm just standing out there, never been to any kind of parent head event, and it's you know people make it out like they're super annoying. They weren't. People are nice. They'd all decked out their trucks to look like boats coming in. I mean, it was it was like cosplay for boomers, okay? But it was it was it was a ton of fun. The concert he plays any of the most popular songs. It's not like he does his deep cuts or anything like that. But it is funny that that man will write. <laughs> he'll write like uh, uh, cheeseburger in paradise and any of those little kind of like kitschy things. And, th- and then he turns around and writes something like cowboy in the jungle or, or 10 cup chows. I it, like that's th- an amazingly written song. Um, What's the one, the one that gets me every time banana republics. God, the way that lyrics are written in that song. You wouldn't think the same guy wrote it. 
it's almost like here's Jimmy Buffett singing about pickles or whatever, and then like Springsteen went on vacation to the Bahamas and wrote something that sounded more islandy. But one of the things that I do like about Jimmy Buffett is I don't think his expectations have ever been that high. And I love that. I I have a saying that I tell my girls, they don't really understand it yet. They'll hear it more when they start becoming teenagers is take life seriously, but do not take yourself so seriously. Um, for a guy that had, at times in his life has been an egomaniacal narcissist, I, I I I do really mean that. I I think there's I think too too many times we take ourselves way too seriously, and I think what happens is that we miss out on things. It's all about not missing out on anything, and I feel like Jimmy Buffett is the kind of guy that never that never missed out. On like every picture, he's got this perpetual smile. It, it just never leaves him. He goes out and goes on tour. I mean, there was a tour when I was in high school. I remember he got way too drunk and I got through like three songs and then that was it. I think the Coral Reefer band played for a little bit. And the word was people didn't get their money back. I, I'm sure something happened, but like the radio stations in town, the early morning <laughs> radio stations just let him have it. All these parodies. One of the ones I remember was they did this uh, a parody of Jimmy Buffett is a song I'm gonna get drunk. You're screwed, and it uh oh, it's so good, so good. Just let him have it. Uh, those of us that are musicians that have played around town and uh, other gigs before, um, there's not a one of us that <laughs> if we haven't done that, we've been pretty close. Um, but the thing about it is, is that I think that he's always been a guy, any, anytime I've seen him in any interview or anything that I've read about him, uh, is that he's incredibly grateful. And I think one of the things that we forget about somebody like that is while it, it, it does look like, hey, he could just disappear off into the distance if he wants to. The guy's made all the money that he, he needs. Um, I've heard he's been very smart with his money. I think he, I think he's just fine for the for the rest of his days. Um. He still loves to play music and still loves to entertain people and loves to do his shows where it's just about everybody having fun. You know, I, I don't know. I'm sure he loves the applause, but I, I think he does love um, being around people, and, and I, I, I dig that. The other thing I like about Jimmy Buffett, though, um, is sometimes he, sometimes the man does write some good lyrics. Sometimes. Not all the time. Not all the time. Uh, it's not like he's got the best voice. It's not like he's known for being some phenomenal guitar player. This, this guy hit this guy hits it out of the park every now and then. Um, one of the things I'm reminded of, though, is that while he gets to experience everything, it's not that he doesn't experience pain or bad times. And he's wrote about uh, some of those before. He's spoken about some uh, other things with him uh, growing up. Um. And uh, just like anybody else, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for him. He, he doesn't want you to either. But it, it's not that he hasn't experienced things. But I came across a song one day, and I'd never heard it before. I mean, because the guy's got a billion freaking songs, and half of them I don't listen to. But um, it was a song that, I, that I, I, I'd never heard. Um, it's kind of corny, kind of cheesy. Uh, but there's a line in it that uh, hit me hit me pretty close to home because of something Brent and I talked about not long ago. There's a song um, where the first line talks about how uh, he bought a, an old watch from this man in the canal, and uh, the watch doesn't have any hands on it. Doesn't have any you know no moving parts. It just uh, it just has the word now written on there. It's very cheesy, very boomery, just like what you expect from Jimmy Buffett. But but one of the things I thought was amazing is the the line after it. Uh, it's uh, and if I have any problems, the warranty says, "Breathe in, breathe out, move on." My daughter um, was taught something a long time ago, and I'm good. I'm going to get this wrong, but um, if you if you mess up, if something goes if something goes wrong. Um, feel bad about it, say you're sorry, make sure everybody's okay, and then move on. And I remember the move on was was the last part of it. Now, 
that was taught to Bryn because Bryn greatly overanalyzes everything. She gets very upset when other people are upset. She's a big time pleaser. Um, it is going to be something that haunts her for her life, but I do know that she has a very sincere heart on it. So I'm okay with that being something that she learned, and I and and she does seem to do it, partly because she gets really uncomfortable when <laughs> she has to go over something that hurts somebody's feelings, but um, but she does, and she remembers it, and she'll bring stuff back up, you know, later on down the road. Daddy, let's not do that because I don't want to make this same mistake again. Uh, Brandon, it's okay. We we can do it. You know, like I have to remind her, you know, Daddy's watching out for you. It's all right. There is something about that, though, um, when we look at where we are in our life and everything that's going on, and there was something very simplistic, like you would expect, out of the Jimmy Buffett tomb, but something that I, I did find very powerful when I, when I started really reflecting on that. Breathe in, breathe out, and move on. I... Uh, I remember the, the <laughs> I remember the youngest I ever was where I had to kind of kind of get over total and complete annihilating embarrassment. Um when I uh when I was a kid I lived in the big city of Travelers Rest South Carolina and when when we lived up there I, I played on a on a kids soccer team we were really good. We were a really good soccer team, and we 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 were pretty intense. Uh, we won a lot. I mean, we we won most years. No, it wasn't one of these. Nobody takes score. Oh, we kept score, and um, we were we were pretty serious. The whole group kind of stayed together. We started when I was in kindergarten, played all the way through when I was in fifth grade. And uh, I remember we always wore black. We always wore black. We we, we looked like the All Blacks. If you're a rugby fan. Um, cause we had that soccer kind of shirt on rugby kind of shirt because it would get kind of cold. So there, a lot of times they were long sleeve, still had a collar on them. And then, um, we had uh, black shorts. So we did this thing as a kid because they, they wanted to make sure your uniform showed that you would wear your, your sweatpants and then you put your shorts on over them. So everybody could still see you, the complete uniform on, even if the sweatpants were black coach didn't care. Shorts on the outside. So that's what we did. I think I think a lot of kids used to do that. But um because it would it would still when we'd when we'd start the season, it'd still be a little chilly up there in the mountains of South Carolina. So um I was a kid, I was probably in I think I was in third grade. So young enough to make the mistake, but not too young to not be embarrassed by it. Uh I played uh defender right in front of the goalie. And um, coach had uh, asked me to come out, so me and a couple of the other guys came out. The other kids came out again. We're sitting over there on the bench, starting to warm up, starting to warm up. It's not not as cold as it was. So I uh, I uh, was getting a little warm, and I decided, oh, you know what? I need to take these pants off, these sweatpants. I'm just fine getting out there in the shorts. I don't want to wear these things anyway. Coach calls me, throw those uh, pants off, take off running. I get out there. Mind you, the, the uniform was black, right? So I get out there, and I hear the the stands over behind me where all the parents and, and friends and everybody are sitting just start just exploding with laughter. And I couldn't figure out why, and I turned around, and then the goalie said something, and I looked down, and, uh, yeah, I had taken my pants all the way off. Um, Like... I wore, I had red underoos on. I can, and they were underoos. I want to say Superman, but I'm not, I'm not 100% certain. Um, yeah. And I was in the middle of the freaking field. Other teams saw it. Other teams' parents saw it. Everybody saw it. Uh, now I was embarrassed and I was upset for a second. Um, but, uh, no, it hit me for the first time in my life that nobody was going to give me sympathy. And so I remember kind of shrugging my shoulders <laughs> and looking at the coach saying, okay, let's play. And he just laughed, kind of put his arm around me, 
said, go put your shorts on. So I ran over to the sideline. Now, I looked like I was playing it off. Let me tell you what was going on inside me. I, I remember this like it was yesterday. Oh, I had tears in my eyes a little bit. I was highly embarrassed. I knew it was going to be talked about. I figured my dad was going to work it into a sermon. And I remember thinking to myself, just let it go. It seriously, it seriously was a breathe in, breathe out, move on moment. And I and I think afterwards there was some ribbing that I got from it. Oh, I'm sure there was. I'm sure over the next couple of games there was something about make sure you keep your pants on, child. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's plenty of that. There's plenty of that. But I played in the game. I stayed in it. We won the game. Beat the crap out of that other team. Um, but it was the first time I rem- remember in my life having to overcome something in the moment in order to make something big happen. Now, that that's just a fun kind of embarrassing story to tell. But it does at least kind of shape where I'm I'm trying to go with this today. I think a lot of times we uh, go through really tough moments in our life and we wonder how we're going to get through them. Maybe sometimes with friends, maybe sometimes with family, maybe, maybe sometimes it comes out of somewhere where we don't realize it. In the late 1980s, we had a hurricane come and hit South Carolina. It was, um, you, you probably didn't hear about it unless you lived here, uh, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty dang big deal. Um, it was actually, I think still to this day, the largest hurricane, the most powerful hurricane to hit the, the, the Southeastern seaboard, um, is hurricane Hugo and it, it came it, and it did a lot of damage. The news media didn't cover that stuff back then. It's not, you know, in a bigger city or anything like that. Um, people were worried it was going to hit Hilton head. Oh my gosh. And it completely missed Hilton head and it destroyed the rest of the state. It was, a, it was a very bad storm. Uh, we lived uh, about 50 minutes in from the ocean, and it um, it, it it just came and, um, well, just ripped up the city that I lived in. It was, it was really bad. Uh, trees were down everywhere, uh, blocked on all the streets, power lines down everywhere. Um, There's no power for, for days, for weeks in some areas. Uh, no water for a few days. No way to get to us because trees were everywhere. They just, you couldn't even drive down the street. Couldn't drive around the street. We lived on one of the major roads in the city, and we saw no traffic for two weeks. Uh, it was very, very strange and very scary. Uh, I was a middle school age kid. I may have been seventh grade. Yeah. Is that seventh or eighth grade? I remember going a, a few days uh, of dealing with all this crap. People with chainsaws. That's all you heard from sun up to sundown, chainsaws, people moving stuff. We're out there trying to get trees off of our house, um, tarp up stuff, help the neighbors out who lost, you know, not busted their windows, but had, you know, like a wall of their house taken down. Um, and that, that, was, that was what life was. Uh, eat whatever we could in the dark read some books, and then um, go back at it again the next day. As a kid, I didn't know how to really process a lot of that stuff. I mean, it wasn't anything that I was expecting to ever actually have to live through. I knew this bad storm was coming, but I I didn't know what it was going to do. I remember something, though, that um, was very good for me. Now, I'm I'm not... (laughs) I'm not about to air any dirty laundry here, but I got to about my family, but I, I, didn't, I need to let you understand something. Um, my dad, being the United Methodist minister that he is, has people in congregations and outside of his congregations all over the state, all over the, the all over the world with all the traveling he does and all the teaching and touring he does. Um, and my dad is known for, for really being there for people and for being very patient with people as they go through things. I want you to know, uh, he was not known for doing that with his son. I think I think everybody has to have a break somewhere, right? And when you, you have a little punk son, uh, yeah, it, it's going to happen sometimes. 
I don't remember what started it, but there was a lot that was piling on me as a kid uh, during that time. The separation from my friends, not knowing if everybody was okay, not knowing if my grandparents were okay. Uh, a lot of questions that were up in the air. How much longer is it going to be like this? Is it going to come back? Is this going to be something we deal with every year? It was, it was all these things that were just kind of flowing through my head. Is our house going to eventually be okay? Someone was talking about the floodplain that we're in. It was, it was just really bad. And we had this, I was, I was outside raking something up from, from something that we had done. I thought they're raking. And uh, so one of these big, it's like the big oversized plastic rakes. Okay. Not the big, not the metal ones that are a little bit smaller. No, this is that big fan looking plastic one. And out there raking with that. And my mom comes and asks me to do something. I told her I will. And my mom, my mom was real bad about this. My mom would give you one thing. And instead of giving you in a list, I've learned to do this with my daughter because of the, the compulsion that I have had, have had what, I don't know. Ask my wife as a kid, um, was I liked lists, but I didn't like a list, and all of a sudden you added five more things onto it. Or do this and then this, and then you can be done. Now I need you just to do this, 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 and then you're done. That would that would drive me insane. And for a kid that was going through a lot, and I, I didn't understand the severity of the situations because I didn't I couldn't figure out how I got in this hurricane path in the first place. My mom asked me something, and I lost my cool. And I picked that rake up, and I slammed it into the ground. It broke like four or five pieces. Big old plastic rake. Hey, ain't any gluing this thing back. My mom just came in. Wait till your father gets home. I'll never forget it. Dad, I will, I will honestly never forget this. Dad came home. And again, not real patient with his son, especially at a time like now. Dad comes in, my mom says, Chad broke the brick. He was telling him, asking him to do stuff. He broke the rake out of him. And they're griping about something. And uh, I remember Dad looked right at me. I think he was tired. I think he was worn out. But I think he also understood. And he looked right at me. He was like, yeah, it's a tough time for everybody. Did you say you're sorry to your mom? Okay. We'll get another rake, and we'll get back to work tomorrow. And that was it. That was it. I understood a little bit more about, about being patient, about understanding when people are going through things. I think about that a lot right now with, with those of us in this country that have been used to our personal freedoms and we don't like them being taken away for the good of the group, for the good of, oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, a lot of people were anti-vaxxers not long ago. <laughs> and then they, a lot of people quickly turned from anti-vaxxers to why aren't you vaxxing? I was like, okay, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's been very confusing for a lot of people. There's been a lot of unknown and a lot of uncertainty. We like tests and data. And then we don't have it, but we're told to go along with it anyway. It's it's very strange. It's a very strange time. And it and and really any of that stuff, that's not what the big issue is. It's all compounded on top of something else. Mom and dad aren't doing well. Worry about the grandparents. Kids haven't been in school for a year. My kids aren't doing great outside of it. I've been able to keep my job, but my wife lost her job. All these different things people have going on. I lost a friend. Hell, I had COVID. You know, all these people have this thing going. I mean, even for us, we, we've been very lucky. My wife and I have, haven't lost our job. Our kids have been in school, but it's been very tough. We've tried to help other people out. Everybody in my family has had COVID. I've, we think I've had it twice. My uncle died from it. 61. It's a shame. So yeah, it's it's not about this one thing. It's probably because we're all we we're all packed to the gills of things that make us anxious or mad. We go to debate a point like that rake, and we're wasting time talking about a rake. 
if my dad sat there and had some full-on, long, drawn-out fight with me about the damn rake, we would have been doing nothing but wasting a lot of time. I absolutely realize, as an adult, that that's actually where Dad really got it right on that one. Because nobody was addressing the fact that I was worried about my grandparents, the roof of our house, my friends down the street that I didn't know if they were okay or not. And I, I hadn't processed any of that other stuff. So when the rake incident happened, it's a breathe in, breathe out, move on. Let's not add it to the pile of stuff. It's important. It was super important to remember that not everything's got to go on the list. Not everything's got to be thrown onto the pile. There's, there's some things we can just deal with and let go. One of my um, one of my favorite things is sports. I talk about sports a lot. I use sports analogies all the time. This past year has been weird, though. Um, I uh, I don't know what it was. I, I guess because the COVID thing. We, I, I have realized that fans at the game they really add a lot to the to to the intensity of the game. I can tell the NFL this year players didn't run as hard or hit as hard. Or, or really try as hard as they have before the past. I think there is something with having the uh, the fans there and really kind of jazzes them up as well. It's just very, it's very strange. But I do love sports. And I love using sports analogies. I was just telling somebody the other day, though, that, that in sports and maybe sometimes in life, I mean, sorry, in business and in sometimes in just outside our, our regular lives, we love to use sports analogies. But, but a lot of times they really don't translate. The business world loves to use sports analogies all the time. If sales companies actually were like uh, 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 sports teams, if sales divisions really operated the way a sports team did, they'd be better off. But that, that that's it's it's uh, that's a that you know, so let's scratch that. That's a talk for a different day. That's probably a podcast with an athlete uh, who's become a businessman. We'll, we'll we'll save that for there. I've actually got a couple of guys th that I've got in mind for those shows. Um, but I do think sometimes we miss on on sports and um and its analogies with our life. However, when they do hit and they don't seem to be so forced. They're kind of breathtaking to me. I live here in South Carolina, and we talk about the Clemson-Carolina game every year. The Clemson-Carolina football game is a big deal. When Clemson and Carolina play baseball, yeah, eh, they play basketball, yeah. But the football game every year is the big thing. Uh, and then I moved to North Carolina for about three or four years. And I saw the Duke-North Carolina rivalry in person, up close. And I saw how it was in those cities in North Carolina. And it's, it, it is so much more intense. I mean, they, they, those, those schools will go at it over a, a geometry bee. If you have geometry bees, I guess it would be like a geology bee. They, but they, they, they everything. Blood drives, oh my God, wrapped around the corner. They they are not going to let the other one win. But when it comes to basketball, yeah, all bets are off. That I've seen Colorado, Colorado State. I've seen a bunch of them. I've seen the Red River rivalry. I've been to it. I I don't know if there's a lot that that really comes to Duke, North Carolina. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'm going to tell you that one's pretty dang. It's something else if you've never been anywhere near it or around it. In the spring of uh, 2008, though, Eve Carson, the student body president, University of North Carolina, uh, was murdered just a few days before the Tar Heels uh, were going to play a basketball game against Duke. You know, both those schools are not that far apart. Um, they compete in everything. And um, they're not known for really being nice to each other. However, when Eve Carson was killed, Duke's basketball staff contacted uh, UNC because uh, they wanted to hold a moment of silence before the game. 
the Duke fans, it was it was at Duke, um, wore their customary royal blue, but they they also wore light blue ribbons on their shirt as a tribute to Carson because she was in one of those crazy North Carolina fans. Um, the players and the coaches stood on the foul lines. So if you know anything about basketball, not, not on the sidelines where they normally would be, they stood on the foul lines kind of facing each other. They wanted something different to show that they were kind of united together. That That's one of the things that I like about sports. I like it when sports realizes that it's just a sport. I love sports. I go crazy about it. I spent I spent tons of money on on sporting events and trips. Uh even even like freaking NASCAR. I I have spent uh, like I just love being around sports. Spent 2 years of my life with the College of Charleston men's basketball team. And I still hold that in higher regard as my true education during college than my own diploma. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Well, in fact, I got to meet Shashevsky at a at a tournament one time. That's again story for another day. Um, I like it when sports realizes that it's just sports, and there's something that that is different, and and something that unites us all, and that is our lives. That even when we may not be happy with each other or want to destroy the other one in competition that that every now and then something happens and and it's always the worst when it's a tragedy but sometimes it's where we see the contrast hit us the most and it really puts things in perspective it it takes the things that seem so trite and puts them where they need to be and then takes the things that maybe we 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 passed over that were a lot more important and put them at the top. Sometimes we have to just let stuff go because we do have to shoulder the other one's burden. We're we're all dealing with a lot. So some more than others, sure. As everyday human beings, we, we have issues that are, are, are tough for us. And when we go through moments like this, I'm starting to find with the quarantine, one of the things that it's done is it, it actually has, and I, I'm sorry to sound so harsh when I say this, but please know I say this with the most amount of love that I can say it. It has made us very selfish. It, it has. I'm not just talking but i am speaking about this about that no you need to do this for me don't 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 get into that Let, let's let's take care of ourselves and take care of each other let's let's do that let's focus on that but it has the, the nature of this has made us very selfish i think some of us are scared and we should be I think some of us are more scared than we should be. But those those varying degrees can can wait for another day when we break all this stuff down. What I think we need to remember is that we need to quit piling on so much stuff on top of ourselves. Are you letting stuff go or not? Did you lose your job? Did you find another one? If you didn't, then I hate it for you, and I hope you do. If you did, let it go. Move on. Have you been sick? You gotten over it? Great. Did you lose somebody? I hate it for you. I'm there with you. Grief's a tough thing. Take your time. But keep going. Life life didn't stop because COVID hit. Maybe, maybe we were all sitting around making jokes about watching Netflix for a year and getting fat. 
eating way too much DoorDash. Not enough to move the stock price as much as I needed it to. But I think that we also forget that um, they're still pain. People are still sick of other from, from other diseases. Life, life keeps going. That wheel keeps turning. There are people still out there that need you. Maybe it's people in your family. Maybe it's the person in the mirror. Maybe there is something we can learn from Jimmy Buffett. I know some things are embarrassing. I know that we don't like all of our lives exposed as much as they are on social media. Somebody calls us out for being hypocritical about something we posted a year ago, and it's embarrassing. Let it go. God, let it go. You're not happy with the current political climate. God, as I just said that, I don't know which side I'm talking to. I mean, you're not happy because your president didn't win and you feel like the country is going all communist or your president did win and you can't figure out why there are more kids in cages than there were before. I, yeah, that, it's, it's politicians. Why are you waiting for them to come save you on anything? Why did you think it was going to be? These fools do this all the time. No matter what it is, I'm saying that's more tongue-in-cheek than don't just save your emails. Look, there's a lot that you could get mad at, but when we've got so much piling up on us to where we barely can keep our nose above it, you don't need to pile on anything that's trite. There are real tragedies out there. I'm talking real ones. And everybody's tragedy may be different than them. Maybe your house is okay, but your neighbor's not. But no matter what, one of the things that all of us have done is we've allowed for things to just pile up so that everything we deal with has got to be a tragedy. Everything you deal with is not a tragedy. But it's going to feel like it if you can't let it go. Oh, don't get me wrong. One of the reasons why Mr. James Buffet can easily let things go is because he's a millionaire. I've heard Billy Joel talk about that before. Somebody somebody asked him when he was giving, you know, he, he teaches at some of the universities, or he used to, and somebody asked, um, hey, when was it harder? Was it harder when you were first starting out, or is it harder now that you're famous? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, before I was like, you know, where am I going to go to eat over the next couple of days? And now it's, oh, how am I going to pay taxes on all my millions? I mean, you know, you do put it in perspective. Yes, everybody still has their challenges, but it's probably easier than it used to be. But I, I do think there's something to be said for having a lifestyle or at least a, a view that it's time to let some things go. We Quit piling on yourself. You want to know why you've been down? Because you haven't been able to let anything go. Man, look. I, I didn't Hank Thorpe and I talk constantly about how we started podcasts and it really is kind of a therapy for us. Yes, that is very true. However, I do go to a therapist, okay? And and, and I don't I don't go to a therapist for stuff that I've let go. I, I, I go because of stuff that I can't. I, I'm not saying you can do it with everything in your life. I'm just saying you you need to not let everything pile up. Not everything's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And if it feels like it is, it's only because you're piling it in the same bucket with all that other stuff and it doesn't belong there. Take a second. Take a moment to put things in order. Step back. Think about it. Really put it in its place. Then breathe in. Breathe out. Move on. It's, uh, we either do this or, or we're not going to get better. We, we either start doing this or our communities are not going to heal. We either do this or our families are going to be stuck in this, this mode, this one that feels 
um, very manufactured and something that it, it doesn't feel like any of us are comfortable in. We either begin to balance our lives out or we or we lose our sense of community and family. Don't don't let everything slip away because you can't stop piling on top of yourself. Give yourself a break. Think for a little bit. Put down your social media. You can always come back to it. Let's put it down for a week. See if you want to come back to it afterwards. Don't let all that crap that happens at work be something that you think is the worst thing in the world. Maybe the job that you just got, maybe you hate it because you still are pissed that you lost your last job. Take a second and take a break and think about it. Look at your loved one. Look at your spouse. Maybe the both of you haven't done a good job communicating. Maybe that's why you're not doing so well together. Take a second to yourself and then let some crap go and make sure you can help them. Be there for each other. It's not the best song he's ever written. It, it's, it's not. It's not even in like the top 20. I love a line in the middle of it. If a hurricane doesn't leave you dead, it will make you strong. Don't try to explain it. Just nod your head. Breathe in. Breathe out. Move on. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, and we will see you next week. Don't forget March 10th, John Merkel's new video drops. We'll see you soon. Till then, take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. So different.